Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to season two of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. I have with me today Brittany Lauda, who has appeared in Queen's Blade Rebellion, Holy Night, Ladies vs. Butlers, as well as the video games Honey Pop and Strife, to just name a few. So how did you first discover anime and video games? So I've always been really into anime and games. When I was younger, I have a vivid memory of my dad buying my sister and I an N64 and taking us to Blockbuster. And my first game that I picked was Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And I was like four years old and I couldn't read, but I still picked the game out and I made my mom read it to me. <laughs> That's how I played it. So that was like my first video game experience and I've always been a big Zelda fan since then. And then for anime, I also have memories of when I was around the same age, like four, five, six, and I would draw Dragon Ball Z characters in art class all the time. God knows if I remember anything about Dragon Ball Z because I don't. I watched it a lot as a kid, but I don't remember any of the plot points. <laughs> but I would watch that and Sailor Moon and Digimon and Pokemon like so much. And then when I got to middle school, I got more into anime. And I, my first, if you would call it a real anime, was Full Metal Alchemist. And I was obsessed with Fullmetal Alchemist and around that time is also when I realized that actual people are behind these characters. I was really obsessed with Fullmetal Alchemist for a while and then I found other anime that I liked as well and it kind of just all snowballed from there. So when did you say hey I can be a voice actor? I was always into acting. In middle school really wanted to be an actress and I took a bunch of classes and I went to the city for this audition that was the culmination of a monologue class I was working on and I got there and I did my monologue. It was a crucible monologue which is a little more sophisticated than the things other kids were doing around my age. And I thought I did pretty good and then they didn't comment on my performance or anything They said we can't use you because you have glasses and braces And so that really put me in the dumps and I didn't really do much acting after that because I was super depressed about it And then a year or two later I found out about voice acting and all the anime characters that I loved had people who actually voiced them And it was a career path I could take that was right up my alley So I started pursuing it more I joined forums and looked it up and started getting involved on things the internet and now I'm here. <laughs> My first job I got that was paid was when I was 16 or 17 and it was for a Newgrounds game called Valtherian Arc and now for the third one they want me back to voice characters in it and I was like wow it's like things have gone full circle. <laughs> How did you transition to becoming a voice actress? Did you take classes? So when I started to get interested in voice acting, once I figured out what it was, I started to just look it up online and I got involved on online forums and I met a lot of people on there. And I was lucky that there was another person who was pursuing voice acting who went to school with me. And so that definitely helped drive me further and we definitely learned a lot from each other. And then just my kind of click of people that I grew with when I was younger on the internet and now we're all doing doing things professionally <laughs> and it's always really funny when someone asks me oh you know so-and-so and I'm like yeah I've known so-and-so for six years now and I guess my biggest transition point was in college after Epic Cupcake Time came out which was a parody video I was in where I played Pinkie Pie right when My Little Pony fad was really big and 
I got connected with Chris Noisy, who's been a big influence on my professional life because he lived really close to me and he was the one who suggested me to some companies in New York and got me starting to work professionally in the New York voice acting market. That was a really cool thing and definitely a big part of my transition from I want to do this to I am doing this. And there was a bunch of other stuff in between, like different student films I worked on or original animation or original indie games and stuff, but him in particular definitely helped me make a big jump there to I want to do this and I am doing this. So one of your big things is that you started voice acting when you were in high school and going through college. And you're continuing. Yes. (laughs) How did you balance your time between your studies and having a gig and a job? I am the worst person to ask about this because I feel like I make everyone feel bad when I talk about this. I've always been a very, very ambitious and driven person. And people who know me well know that. And in high school, I was always the person taking tons of classes and tons of AP credits, but I didn't have to work very hard to get my good grades and people hated me for that. And I was like that in college too. I went to college for a history degree and I overloaded myself every semester. I did a lot of extra credits. My APs definitely helped me as well. And I finished college in two and a half years with my last half a year spent working on a thesis paper. And I took a lot of history classes and theater classes primarily because history was my degree and theater was what I actually really like. And so taking theater classes definitely helped me a lot to keep me on my toes because it kept me working on the craft and then just working on different original things and auditioning for indie games and stuff, whatever I found online at the time. And in the beginning of college, I was doing a lot of My Little Pony original animations. And by the end of college, I was doing a lot of My Little Pony apps and games for Hasbro that were official. So it was a really cool curve there. The balancing, it was just a matter of scheduling myself and knowing when I had tests and papers due and knowing when I had audition deadlines or project deadlines and coming up with days that I would record weekly. Like every week I would try and record. I think for a really long time it was like Tuesdays were my recording days and that's when my housemates weren't around or I had the least amount of classes or whatever and I would record as much as I could that day whether it was auditions or personal pieces or things that I was as and once I became more involved in doing more professional projects it was even more scheduling because there was more at stake and higher standards I guess so budgeting my time scheduling my time making sure I was always on top of everything whether it was schoolwork or deadlines or what have you and I played a lot of games too and that was where I'm a bad influence they'd be like I work really hard and then it's like except I play league for five hours a day I don't play league 11 just anymore it was a hard break but I am almost a year clean (laughs) I say oh yeah I worked really hard and I did work really hard but I also played a lot of games and it was because I am the person I am (laughs) but scheduling my time was the most important thing I always got stressed really easily so being able to know when exactly I had everything due and like okay I have to write a 20 page paper okay so I'm gonna do five pages today and then I'll play league and then five pages tomorrow and then I'll record and then I'll record and then I'll play league making sure I was doing everything I was supposed to do and wanted to do at the same time and keeping myself on my toes always looking out for different things 
things because that's what helped me get through college, knowing that once I graduate, I have stuff to do and things I want to accomplish and there's things out there for me. The hardest part was always if I got an audition that I couldn't actually take up on. There were several auditions for big things that I got that I couldn't actually make do on because I was in college and they required me to be local. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm local for the month of December and half of January. Then I go back to school and so that was always really hard to deal with but now I'm working with those companies so it feels a little better. Now let's talk about your anime career. Your first role was Queen Blade Rebellion as Yes. Liam. How did you find out about this role and how did you audition for it? So that definitely goes back to Chris Noisy because I got that audition because he got me an audition for a previous gig with them. Queen's Blade was my second audition with NYAV Post and it was the day I got home from college and they asked me to come in and I wasn't even unpacked yet. I just got home and I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And so I went in and I was really nervous and Stephanie Shea was the casting director who was auditioning me at the time. And so she was just telling me about the show and she's like, oh, well, you know, it's a lot of boobs, but it's all for fun. And it's fan service in Japan, you know? It's like, okay. And I auditioned and I didn't hear back for a month. So I thought I didn't get it. And I kind of moved on with my life. And all of a sudden I'm sitting at a friend's house and I got an email saying, all right, we need to schedule you for this thing. And I was like, what is this about? And I had to go and record for it. And it was really big because Mira is one of the larger roles in that series. I think she had the second highest amount of cues in the show. And I had never done ADR before. Usually people start on additional voices or Walla or a small role. And it was just like, all right, you're doing this thing. Have fun. But it was really fun. I did have a good time. She is near and dear to my heart. I remember sitting in that booth being like, holy shit, this is happening. And I'm doing this. And I'm really excited about this. It was really cool. Really happy. And it was like three days of recording. I had to go to Irvington, which is a little further than NYV Post's usual place they record out of. But I had to record from Headline Studios. They like separated who was recording where. And it was a really cool experience though. And I was really happy and fortunate to have had it. And then going to school and waiting five months to finally be able to talk about it killed me. So I want to tell everyone! And then finally it came out and I was able to tell everyone. And I remember my theater professor at the time asked to borrow my Queen's Blade DVD that I was sent and he watched it and he was like, I don't know what I just watched, but there was a lot of boobs. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, there were. <laughs> he's like, can't believe you did that. But that's really cool and really awesome. And I was like, thank you. And he's like, you're a star. <laughs> that was my first anime. I actually have a shelf on my desk and I have a big Miram figure and like tiny Miram figure there. The big one was given to me as a gift from my friend Adam Tilford. And the smaller one was something I bought for myself. Just as like a little reminder of like, hey, you did this. They're special things to me. How old were you when you were first recorded Queen Blade Rebellion? 20. And after this anime, you were also involved in the production of Holy Night. Yeah, Holy Night was something I worked on more recently. I did Queen's Blade, and that was before my last year of college. And then I did some other things in between, like Honey Pop and Hasbro apps and stuff. And I came home, and I was working hard at finding what my place here was going to be. And then Holy Night popped up as an opportunity, and I took advantage of it. I did it. Very different character from Miram. I played Camot, who was this excitable little cat girl, where Miram was this very shy, very bashful character. But Holy Night was a blast, and not only 
did I get to work as a character where I played Camot, I also got to do some directing and casting for that. So that was a very cool and exciting experience as well. And what were the challenges of doing a bit of casting? It wasn't the first thing I've cast or directed. So that was kind of a nice thing to know and to have because I already had the biggest project I've done to date behind me. But it was definitely different because with ADR, you are working with matching a Japanese performance and you're matching flaps and pre-recorded material whereas the material I worked on previously was stuff that we had a lot of flexibility with to create the character totally and filling the shoes of a character so to say with ADR work so that was definitely a challenge in itself. I think the biggest challenge though with Holy Night was the fact that we were recording it in really bad weather and we got snowed out several times for our recording dates and so that was just super stressful and super hard to work around and we had some people coming in from out of town like Damon Mills for the role of Shinta and it was just no and we worked with a lot of new people too because it was a trial show so to say and a learning experience we worked with a lot of new talent whereas with Ladies vs. Butlers we worked with a lot of talent that were more established but it was a great experience no matter what looking back on things in retrospect you'll always be like oh wow like I wish I did this better I wish I did that better but the only reason you're thinking that you can do those things better is because you had that experience to learn what was better and that's kind of the feelings I have with Holy Night. Oh, there's things I wish I did better, but the only reason I know I could do better is because I did Holy Night in the first place. And then after Holy Night, you worked on Prince Adventure Anointed. How did you become involved in this project? Prince Adventure's Anointed actually came before I worked on Miram, actually. It's been that long in development with a lot of kinks in the road and I don't even remember exactly how I got involved in Prince Adventures in 2013 and then I had redone my lines a few times since then and after I recorded Miram I was going to my first convention I actually got to do a panel on Prince Adventures with Chuck Huber who plays a big role in the production and in the show itself and we did a whole panel on Prince Adventures at Torcon which is my first convention and it's cool that it finally came out and now they're starting to look to produce the entire series and I'm excited to see that and I play Jesus in that show and that's a pretty cool thing to be able to tell people like oh yeah no big deal I just voiced Jesus Christ in something like oh excuse me what and I've definitely said that at conventions too what's your most interesting role probably Jesus Christ and people are just like what no big I voiced young buff Jesus that's a pretty cool gig and I play some other characters in Prince Adventures too which is cool and I enjoy the production and I'm hoping see that it gets itself seen by many people and the production goes well Speaking of Chuck Huber, what was it like working with Chuck Huber and Todd Hapricorn in this project? I actually had extremely little to do with them. I don't think I've ever even talked to Todd about this project. I talked to him before because we were both at Anime Next. Chuck, I've talked to a bit more about this project since we've done a panel together and, and talked in person about this project, but I recorded it solo from home. I believe that when the series comes down to recording for the episodes that they mentioned maybe doing group sessions with all of the actors, which would be really cool and I would really like that to happen. But right now, I haven't really gotten to work directly with either of them in regards to Prince Adventures. And how to change gears a little bit to something more of our generation, you appeared in two Pokemon episodes. 
Oh, that's yeah. a lie. Actually, I've appeared in more than two, but you're just going to have to wait to find out what other episodes I'm in. But that was awesome experience-wise, and I love the director for Pokemon. Teresa is amazing. She's such a cool and down-to-earth and chill person. I love working with her and hanging out with her. We were at a wedding recently, and it's so fun to talk to her. It's like that with everyone in New York, actually. I feel a lot of the directors and the talent here are just so cool and chill and down to earth. I was at my friend's wedding who was a voice actor and we had our voice actor table with all of us voice actor people chilling at it. It's a really cool environment to be in but that's a little bit of a drift away from the original question about Pokemon. Pokemon was an experience to be in and I'm really excited to be working on that show in intensities. You'll be able to hear me again soon. Nothing else I can say besides that but it's been an awesome experience and it's really cool because when I came in to record for Catherine and she's like, you're gonna be playing this character. I was like, that character's in the game. I like that character. I'm in the fairy gym. I love the fairy gym. I love fairy Pokemon. It was really cool. And when she was showing it to me, I was like, this is awesome. Cause I had no idea what I was going in for. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm going in for. Now you also have been involved in the anime, Jaden-chan, Juden-chan. Uh, Ju- Juden-chan. We just recorded a trailer for it and we haven't actually started production on it. Mostly because we've been really preoccupied with one, getting Ladies vs. Butlers out. Two, conventions in general, because Media Blasters is such a small company now, that kind of prep and commitment takes a little while. And they also produce live action stuff. So they just were getting out a Blu-ray of a title that they worked on called Flesh for the Beast. Also different things that they were putting on Netflix, Crunchyroll, and and then we got a lot of cool stuff going on in the background right now that we're trying to work on bringing out some new shows. So Jude and Chan has actually taken a bit of a backseat not that we aren't working on it we just haven't begun recording it so we're hoping to do it soon it's just 12 episode series takes so long because you have to script it and you have to cast it and then you have to work on the actual recording and then you go to the mixing and it's just a huge commitment I will be playing the character Plug in Juden-chan, and I like that show a lot. It's a really goofy little show with some really weird fetishy stuff in it. If you just ignore that, the show's pretty cool. We haven't gotten to work on it in pasty that I think people are hoping that we have. <laughs> if not first up, it's definitely going to be second or third, because we rotate between doing the work on Media Blasters titles and Kitty Media titles. We share one booth, and we share a lot of stuff. So right now, the priority is getting some kitty material out before we get media blasters going again especially since we just recorded all 12 episodes of ladies versus butlers so once there's some kitty material out then we're gonna switch gears again and there's a few little shows that we are trying to work out that might come before juden because they're shorter but juden very well could come up first too we'll have to see perfect segue into ladies versus butlers perfect segue so ladies versus butlers what you got on ladies versus butlers How did the show's popularity affect you? I wasn't too sure about how popular it actually was, but some friends of mine from high school were like, I've watched that show. And I was like, what, really? And they're like, yeah, I loved it. And I was like, oh, well, wow, that's a little pressure. But I tried not to dig too much into that. I guess I just didn't want to be sidetracked maybe, but I definitely wanted to make it the best I could make it. And I know it was anticipated for a while. So that definitely had an effect on me because I was like, people have been waiting for this. Like I better make sure it's good. And now outside of anime, you've worked on some animation projects. To name a few, Cassandra, Goddess of Awesome, Candy and Clyde, 
and Chattered Heaven by Adam Tilford, who is on episode 12 of my podcast. How'd you get involved in these projects? Cassandra Goddess of Awesome, I auditioned for Acting Alliance, and I did this voice that I never thought I would get hired for, and he's like, this is it, you are Cassandra, this voice is perfect. And I was like, excuse me, what? Okay. And working on her was awesome, because she is an awesome character. She's like so cool and hip, and she's got this chestier, deeper voice that I don't get to use too often, and that's pretty cool. So I just auditioned and started working on that, and I also played Jenny in that, which is the antagonist mean girl character. Right now, I don't think we finished whatever the latest episode was supposed to be. There were some complications, but I think that there's been talk of him revisiting Cassandra Goddess of Awesome and doing more with it, which would be really great because I enjoyed that series a lot. Candy and Clyde was an animation project I got started with years ago, actually. When I was in high school, me and my friend Matt Shipman did that together. We were both cast also online somewhere for a short Easter animation. And Matt and I had known each other for a long time. He was my voice acting friend I had in high school because we went to high school together. And we're both asked to reprise our role like four years later. He was like, I want to actually make animations of these characters. Will you guys do it? And we're like, yeah. The idea was originally that they would be monthly animations about different holidays. But the animator disappeared. I think we both turned in all of our lines for all of the holidays. But I don't know if he's ever going to do anything more with it. Which kind of sucks because it was really fun characters to play. I played the all over the place crazy girl candy and Matt played the really comedic because he's so straight man guy and everything bad always happened to him. He couldn't go anywhere without candy ruining his day. So it was really funny and I enjoyed working on that series. So I hope to see something more with it. Again, my character was all over the place and it was fun. Shattered Heaven I've been involved with for years. I met Adam when I was in high school and I've been involved with it five years at least maybe six years since the inception of his reboot of the series because he's been working on it for a long time and the characters changed a lot over the course of the past few years i always joke around and say that she's resting bitch face character she's just always grumpy she's a cool character and he even gave me a plushie of her that i have on my voice acting shelf and i started helping out with some voice direction for the series as well last year and he's gearing up to release episode six which i've helped do some critiques for some of the actors who already recorded and I helped direct Adam and Kira Buckland in that. It's going to be a really cool episode and he's hoping to release it before the end of the year so I hope he sees through on that. He's definitely improved a lot over time and I think the voice cast you can really hear as we grow since a lot of us started when we were really young and now we're all working professionals so it's a really cool learning curve. Now to change gears again, how did you get involved in Heroes of New Earth? Heroes of New Earth definitely wasn't my first voice acting role for a video game but I think it was my first one that had a lot of visibility since not a lot of people played Strife and some of the weird indie games I was in weren't really things people played. Some of them actually got pretty popular when I looked them up, but they were popular because they're troll games and that's another story. (laughs) I had been auditioning for that for a very long time and then I finally just got a part and the director's like, I wanted to work with you for a while and these parts are great for you. The first one I recorded for was Ursa Magmus and she was this crazy little girl in an iron suit and she was just insane and she was so fun to play. Probably one of my favorite roles to date because she's just giggly and creepy. And then the other one was Ursa Grisington who was more my chestier range and more the determined heroic environmental savior type of character. Both of those characters are really fun to work on and it was cool to be able to play not one but two characters that were very different. And then you mentioned Strife. 
How'd you get involved with Strife? That was another thing that I had seen online and I was like, oh, this game looks pretty neat. I like MOBAs. And I just sent my demo reel and my resume over and they're like, okay, we want to cast you as this character. I was like, I didn't even audition. You just want me as that character? I'm like, yep, we want you as that character. Can you record tomorrow? And I was like, sure I can. And she was another character that was not my typical voice range. Blazer is more in the chesty area of my voice a little deeper more mature very tactical and informative and she was really cool to play though I mean, it was my first moba game that i got to record for so i definitely was excited about it and i got to play a little bit of the game too and she's a really cool character i was happy to get to be involved how do you feel about your role in honey pop i think that is my universally loved role everyone loves me as audrey and I was so prepared for people to hate it because online, when they posted a premiere clip of it and they just happened to post like my infamous scene with Kiana, people hated it and they made fun of it so much. Come on guys, this is a character. Like she's not supposed to be like your anime waifu. She's a tsundere that was grown and raised at Jersey Shore. She's just so rude and so mega bitch. But I had a blast playing her. She was one of my most fun roles to play to date. And I got a lot of freedom with the script to play around with it and do whatever I wanted, add things that I wanted to add. And the end product was something really fun. And I really thought people weren't going to like it because she's just such a caricature. But people loved it. And I was so happy about that. I get a lot of questions about Honey Pop and I get a lot of comments about Honey Pop. I'm just glad people enjoyed it. It was a cute, fun game to work on. And I hope to come back as Audrey in the future. Now to talk about one of your recent video game projects, Y2K. I love Y2K. When people ask me, what's your favorite project you've ever worked on to date? I immediately have Y2K. And I tell that to them all the time too. I'm like, I love you guys so much. I love Y2K. I love my cast. I love everyone who I worked with. Y2K just makes me so happy to think about. And we recorded that almost a year ago. And it's been a wild ride. Y2K was my first job as a director and casting. And it was a huge project with super ambitious team. And they had a publisher. There was money involved. It was a huge thing. And I was just, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. And it was awesome i loved thinking about it the team was awesome the story is the best story i've worked on to date the cast everything's so great and it was just so cool i'm so glad that i got involved in it i think people are going to be really entertained by the story they get to experience my cast was incredible and i can't say enough about how much they affected the characters and the game itself i played just some random bits in it I know a lot of people get a kick out of it when I'm like, you see that pyramid that's crying? That's me <laughs> in the trailer. And then the first part of the game, because we were taking a break and they're like, hey, Brittany, can you just get in the booth, cry for five minutes? I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. It was one of the best weeks of my life, though, working on that game. You're working with so many creative people, just reminding me this is what I want to do and this is how I want to spend my life, working with these ambitious, creative actors, composers, writers, artists, game designers. Like, they're all so committed. Our first day of work, it it was just the team at Axe Studios and Chris, and we just stuck Chris in the booth. Chris Noisy, who plays the lead, Alex, and we just did all of his narration parts, and by the end, we were bawling. His performance was incredible, and I think that people are going to really see how much of an actor Chris is from this game, because he delivers a powerful performance. The best performance I've seen him deliver so far, and I think people are really gonna realize just how awesome he is. And then 
And my entire cast is awesome. And there's some people on that cast who are up and coming. And you have people who this is one of their bigger roles and they shine in it. And it's really cool to know that I gave them that place to shine. And Andrew is the writer and the composer and general act studios co-man. We are offering demo reels now. Demo reel production where he does the writing and the composing of demo spots and I do all the directing and it's awesome and people should definitely consider getting demo reels done by us because Andrew's incredible and I think I'm okay. And do you have any advice for anybody who wants to get into the anime voice acting, video game voice acting, or just animation acting? It's pretty cutthroat when I think about it. I was at a wedding and I was talking to someone there. It was my first time meeting them and they had asked me, how did you get here in life? You're really young and you've done a lot. And my first words out of my mouth were, I got really lucky. And they shook their head and they laughed and they said, no, you didn't. And I was like, yeah, I did. And they're like, no, you don't get where you are because of luck. You get where you are because you're talented, because you have potential, because you work hard and a little bit of being at the right place at the right time, but never ever credit it to luck because you didn't get lucky. You're here for a reason. Really kind of stuck with me because for the past year and a half, that's what I've been telling people. And you don't just get where I am because you're lucky. You get where I've gotten for many reasons. And I work my ass off trying to make things work. New York is a very hard place to get your footing in. And there's a lot of times where I think maybe I should just go to where my friends are in Texas or in LA because they're just getting so much more work. I'm not the kind of person who will give up on what I've started and I want to see things through here. I want to keep working with Media Blasters. I want to do more Pokemon episodes. I want to do Yu-Gi-Oh! I just got an agent here. I want to see through on getting work with my agent. I want to work with all the New York companies that I always wanted to work with. I want to work more with NYV. I want to make this work. I want to make this my place. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I feel really bad when people message me and they're like, I'm going to move to New York. And I'm like, sweetie, anywhere else but here. Not to say that you can't be successful in New York because me and my friends who I have here are working really hard to be here. It is a small market when it comes to anime and games here and there's a lot of very talented people who have been here for years and years. If you're looking to do voice acting and you're like, I should move, explore all your options and do the most research as you can because if you're just going to move to New York for anime and game voiceover, you have made the wrong choice. (laughs) I'm sorry. Because stuff here is very cutthroat. But if you happen to be in New York and you want to try and and get your bearings here, the best advice I can give you is to work your ass off, take classes, meet people, explore all your options because you can't just make it on cartoons alone here. You need to be exploring the markets of audiobooks. You have to be exploring the markets of commercials. A lot of people I know do Broadway. They do musical readings. They do theater, anything and everything to just keep them on their toes. Taking classes helps you meet the people who are the ones giving work here and that's what you got to do you can't really get anywhere without putting in the work which means doing your time in classes doing your time learning i have done quite a lot of auditions since getting my agent a month ago and they always remind me that you're not gonna book your first few auditions it could take a really long time for you to book that gig but you will you will book if you keep at it and you keep working and you keep learning and you keep everything open always listen to yourself 
critique yourself, learn from your flaws, learn from your mistakes. You are always going to listen and be like, I wish I could go back and do that better. But you can't do that better because it's already done. So what you can do, though, is apply those things that you learn to your next performance and do that one better and keep moving forward with that attitude. Don't burn your bridges. Don't be dumb. There's a lot of people who contact me and they're just not thinking straight because you aren't going to just get work out of the gate and you can't just expect me to give you an audition without knowing anything about you. Sometimes I'll give auditions to people based on referrals or people I've been in class with or had in my own classes, but I will not blindly call someone in for an audition, especially if they're in a different state. You have to be where the work is a lot of the time, especially if you're new. There are times where I employ out-of-towners, absolutely. I won't say I don't. Look at Ladies vs. Butler's cast, look at the Y2K cast, but those people have proven to me that they got what it takes and I'm not taking a risk on someone who lives across the country and I'm not going to just employ random Joe who has nothing on his resume and no demo reel to show me. You got to work for it. You got to put in your time and you have to always act professional. I hate when people message me on my private personal Facebook about work. I have an email. I have a website. I have a contact form. I have a fan page. You have to contact me here. Like this is not for business. This is for me to post cute pictures of my dog and talk to my my personal friends and family. This is not for business. And I hate when people contact me repeatedly for auditions. If I was having an open call, you would know about it. So it would be public. There's a reason why I don't have that often. And it just makes me feel really bad when people constantly badger me for auditions. And I'm like, I have nothing right now. Thank you for reminding me. So, you know, a mix of those two things. But you have to be respectful of people. You have to listen to others, listen to yourself, be professional, work hard, and then maybe you'll find success. If there's anything else you can see yourself doing besides voiceover, you might want to do that because this is not easy. I wouldn't have it any other way. I love my job. I love my friends. I love what I do. I live for those moments, but it's not easy. I count my pennies and hope that I'm going to be able to make rent in my new place. And then finally, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Ladies vs. Butlers is on sale now. It was awesome to work on and I loved the show. I can't wait for everyone to check it out. It's on Crunchyroll and it is is available on DVD now and Blu-ray on the 24th of November due to some Blu-ray production mishaps that happen along the way. And I hope everyone loves it. That took a month of really hard work to just direct it alone. But I worked with some amazing people. Carrie Savage and Daniel J. Edwards and Amber Lee Connors are freaking awesome. They're so good. The three of them are in the lead roles are awesome. Daniel is someone everyone should know because he is going to be a big name. Y2K, definitely check that out. I am now teaching classes, and you can find more information on my website at brittanylauda.com, and you can click the classes button from the drop-down menu if you're on your mobile, or if you're on your computer, you just press the button that says classes, and I'm teaching different classes. I still have to add dates and information on some of them. Daniel J. Edwards and I are going to be teaching a weekend ADR intensive with a beginner's day and an advanced day. And we're really excited about that. And I'm also offering demo reel production with Andrew Allenson and demo reel critiques, private sessions, etc. And if you're interested, you can shoot me a message or check on my classes page for more details. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch Radio and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts.
And while you wait for next week's episode, you can definitely check out popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as you can follow us on Twitter at popanimecomics and on our Facebook page, Pop Anime Comics, for all updates regarding this podcast, as well as the website. Until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.